I've been running down the road trying to loosen my load. I got seven women on my mind. Four that want to own me, two that want to stone me. One says she's a friend of mine. So take it easy, take it easy. Don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. <laughs> the title of my sermon today so I had to had to have a song for it I started doing a, I started doing a clip of Nacho Libre there's four times he says in in Nacho Libre he says uh, take it easy take it easy take it easy take it easy I like how he said it Jack Black he's not he's not Hispanic but he he did a great <laughs> impersonation of what I think you should sound like take it easy so that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, uh, if I had to ask you, how many of you think living the Christian life is hard? Just raise your hands if you think living the Christian life is hard. Most everybody in here. Did you know it never was designed to be that way? <gasps> oh, but pastor, it's so hard. See, that's why I think you need this sermon today. I think we all need this sermon today because if you, if you look at it, most of your Christian brothers and sisters they call you up and they tell you how well, I'm going through this struggle and it's so hard and I got this happening and this happening. And my my cousin's sick and my aunt's done this and my uh, my brother-in-law's on drugs. I mean, we just hear all this stuff and we just like, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it through? And and so we kind of forget that God didn't say it was supposed to be that way. So this morning we're going to listen. I got a lot of scriptures. And if you're taking notes, I think if you're one of those people that's really struggling to walk the Christian life and maybe your life is like that roller coaster we've talked about and you'd rather it be like this and you're growing and maturing in Christ and and the walk is, is a lot easier than you thought it was and it'll get that way, then you need to take notes. And you need to pay attention this morning. OK, because most Christians will tell you that I think the Christian life is hard and I don't want to dismiss the idea that life is hard. So don't get those confused. Life is never was designed to be easy. But what as we walk through life as empowered believers, we're supposed to be on top of this thing. I, I think there's a scripture that says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Is, is that a verse or not? OK, so let's look at the scripture that they, they were loosely quoting there. It's in Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm going to read from the Passion and then from the New King James. This is Jesus. How many of you have a Bible that has, uh, has read where Jesus spoke? Okay, this should be in the red. He says, are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Yeah. Woo! Simply join your life with simply. Say simply. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble. What's next? Easy. Easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and what? Easy to bear. Say easy. easy. Look at your neighbor and say, take it easy. You can even say it like Nacho. Take it easy. Take it easy. We have an Ignacio here today. I met him and I said, have I met you before? He said, yeah, it's been a while. But now I said, what's your name again? He said, Ignacio. And I said, they call you Nacho? And he said, yeah. And I said, Nacho. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. <laughs> Are these not the Lord's chips? Okay. Hmm? Is this not the Lord's sermon? Okay. Mary Lou said, move on. Okay. 
Remember when that little girl came to me? This back when after, you know, this little girl came to me. She said, and I'm telling you, I, I, I kind of got absorbed in that movie a little bit too much. And I know you can't tell that, but this little girl came to me. She said, Pastor, I want to be baptized. And so I said, what? You've never been baptized? <laughs> she, she looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I had to explain to her, okay. Scarter. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. The way you've probably heard is coming to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay, take my yoke. That's what they put two. They would put two oxen together so they would walk together, and they're more powerful together. He said, "Take my yoke upon you and learn from me." This is Jesus speaking. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So we, I want you to understand this. This is what Jesus said about us this is what he said to the pharisees he was saying you guys have been trying to live this life out you've been trying to follow the law and you've been making it harder and harder you put more and more burdens on the people you ask more and more of the people and he says that no 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 don't do that he says i've got this i've got this marvelous love this marvelous grace for you so my yoke is easy my burden is light and he said find find me come come join with me and you'll see that it's going to be it's going to be good so we're not going to be a struggle all the time See, we concluded our Equipping the Saints series, but every Sunday, every Monday night, every whenever we have teaching here, we are equipping the saints. So I'm going to go back to Ephesians 4 briefly and look at verse 13 because I, I taught it in the New King James. I wanted you to see it in the, the Passion Translation. He says, these grace ministries, and that's the fivefold ministry. What are the fivefold? It's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are given for the equipping of the saints. He says, they will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity, fully developed into the abundance, there's that a word Billy Fahey was given, into the abundance of Christ. See, God is, you look at all the great adjectives about God. They're just so many, and they're all good. And then our immaturity, say our immaturity, will end. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble. Did y'all see that? Or did you, did you, have you skipped over that part? Because most people go, well, I'm over. It's just such a struggle, Pastor. We're going to learn how to get through that. And we will not be easily shaken. See, when you start growing and you start in your faith walk and you start maturing, the troubles that used to just knock you down and just slap you in the face, you're not going to be easily shaken by those anymore. Amen? Amen. Can y'all receive that this morning? Okay. Nor led astray by novel teachings, by false doctrines or deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love and as we express the truth. This morning, I'm expressing the truth to you in love. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us into, lead us deeper into Him, the anointed head of the body, the church. God always wants us to go deeper. How many of you, when you grew up, uh, you went to the, the public swimming pool and you started out in the kiddie pool? About that deep, right? And remember how, how cool you thought that was getting in the kiddie pool? But how long did you want to stay in the kiddie pool? You want to get to the adult pool, right? Or the big kids pool. And then when you got to that end, when you started to learn to swim, where did you want to go from there? You want to go to the deep end, right? And you want to go to that diving board. So you could do the jackknife and spray all the girls that are over there suntanning, right? Kaboosh! But you, we, all, we should always want to strive to go deeper with God. We want to go deeper with so many things. He's saying, go deeper with me. Go deeper with me. Say, go deeper. Go deeper. So the first thing I want you to see this morning 
I was figuring this up. You know, and if I did a three-point sermon, let's just say I preached 50 Sundays a, a year, not, which I don't, but let's just say 50 Sundays a year, did a three-point sermon, you'd get 150 points, right? But I preached six, seven, or eight, so you get a whole lot more because I don't get you but once a week. I want to get you for about two, we get you for about two hours. So I figure you ought to get more than three points. And that's just cheating. Okay, yeah, all right. Just to let you know we're not reporting today. The first point is actually two points, so I got a bunch of points. All right, learning and maturing. The more you learn to mature, the, lo- the more you learn to walk in the things of Christ, the more at ease your Christian walk should be. It does not mean that troubles will stop. Okay, so don't leave here today. You know, the pastor said, Christian's life is easy. We shouldn't have any troubles. No, troubles are going to come. Isaiah 30, 20 says this. Even though the Lord may allow you to go through a season of hardship and difficulty, he himself will be there with you. He will not hide himself from you, for your eyes will constantly see him as your teacher. Say teacher. Teacher. Say, if we're going to learn, we've got to have a teacher. I want to teach you, Betty will teach you, Pam will teach you, Ed will teach you, uh, Brandy will teach you. We have so many life groups starting up that you're going to get taught, you're going to be discipled, you're going to be equipped. So we get a lot of teaching, but your primary, your first, foremost teacher that you should go to is God himself. He wants to teach us. He will be your teacher. He will, it says, you will go through hardship, you will go through difficulty, but keep your eyes on the teacher and learn what, what he wants you to learn when you're going through these things. See, if you just go through things and you don't learn from them, you're just going to have hardships and troubles. You're not going to see Jesus in these. Look at this. Do, do, do you know that the Holy Spirit is your teacher? How many of you know the Holy Spirit is your teacher? A lot of churches don't mention the Holy Spirit. They think they're going to offend somebody. because They go, woohoo, they're talking about the Holy Spirit. We got to go because they might, start, they might break out in dancing or something or swinging from those. those. No, we don't have any chandeliers. So you can't do that. You know, so they just... Man, let's don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's keep, this, let's keep this on the down low. Okay? That's just for those fanatics. Man, I hope I got a, I I got a room full of fanatics. Okay? Love Jesus. Amen. Look at John 14, 26. But the helper, say helper. That's the Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? He will teach you all things. Say all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. He was telling the, the disciples, and I'm leaving, but it's, it's a good thing that I leave. It's a, to your advantage that I leave, because when I go, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he can cover the world. On the, on, on, on the day of Pentecost, he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's still pouring out his spirit on all flesh, all that will receive him. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, listen, you've got to start listening to the Holy Spirit, because he's going to start teaching you. He's going to start. How many of you know he teaches you? you, you you've, something you didn't know, and all of a sudden he'll, he'll highlight it in your life. Some, uh, some scripture you had no understanding of, Holy Spirit will have, give you understanding of that verse. Okay? And then he will teach you through dreams. He will teach you through visions. He will teach you through his still, small voice. He will teach you through a loud voice. But he'll teach you. Psalm 25, 8 says, How good you are to me. When people turn to you, Yahweh, they discover how easy you are to please. So faithful and true, joyfully you teach them the proper path. Listen to this, even when they go astray. He's always teaching. Listen, we went through some difficulties in, in this church at one time. When there was one, we made a one really bad decision. 
And I remember after we kind of got through this and repented and, and Ron just said, Harold, you've got to learn something from this. I said, you're right. We had to learn to start listening, paying more attention to the Holy Spirit. Some of you have gotten yourself into so much trouble because Holy Spirit spoke to you one thing and you did the other thing. Right? Look at Proverbs 21.11. Senseless people learn there's lessons the hard way, but the wise are teachable. How many of you in here, you, you said, but I, I'm, I'm the guy that has to go through, I have to learn everything the hard way. Anybody like that? Wives, raise your hand if you want to testify for your husband. <laughs> Man, he just has to learn the hard way. I had to learn the hard way that I'm not a, I'm not a, a what's it, do it yourself, what's that, DYI? I'm not a DYI guy when it comes to fixing stuff. I am not a plumber. I'm not a carpenter, even though my dad was a carpenter. It took me quite a while the other day just to put a, a rack on our pantry door so we could, you know, our pantry is really small. So I was at my brother's house and they had this rack that covers the door. You know, like a shoe rack. Women have the extra shoes and they put them. This is for like your, 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 your pantry. And man, I was just working and working and things would fall and screws would fall and the little bitty screws they send. The directions were horrible, you know, and I get through with it and one of the things just falls to the floor and I go, what? You know, but I finally got it together. My hands cramped for like two days afterwards. Did that. Because I don't have those kind of tools because I'm, I'm not a DYI guy. I just have to use a regular screwdriver. Huh? It was very sad. Yeah. But some of you are like that in your Christian walk. You have to learn the hard way. You have to learn. The, and God disciplines those he loves, doesn't he? Because he doesn't want you to keep doing that same thing over and over. God's got to do over it, but he's like, come on. Remember you said the, the disciples said, man, what is wrong with you? Oh, you have little faith. What's, you said, I, have I been with you so long and you haven't got it yet? See, that's kind of like they were had, had to learn the hard way, right? But here's the thing. We need to have a teachable spirit. So this is what I want you to say. Lord, give me a teachable spirit. Now mean it. Lord, give me a teachable spirit. So I wanna, you wanna, see, we need to learn from him. You can learn from me this morning because I'm going to read for the word. You can dismiss all the other stuff, but if the word goes forth, it says it will not return to him void. It's going to accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish today. So I believe that today you're going to walk out of here like, man, I've been struggling when I didn't need to struggle. I've been fighting when I didn't need to fight. I just need to trust. Some of you are so, what? I just said, yeah, click. You know, you should be close-minded to some things like sin, but you should be open-minded to the things of the Spirit. So many of us, so many of us got that backwards. We should be close-minded to sin, but we should be open-minded to the things of the Spirit and to the Word of God. Okay? That's the second and first and second point. John 5. Look at John 5. Verse 2. The passion. This is how we can be sure that we love the children of God by having a passionate love for God and by obedience to His commands. True love for God means obeying His commands. Say obey. obey. And His commandments, listen, His commands don't weigh us down as heavy burdens. Have you ever seen that scripture before? His commands don't weigh us down as heavy burdens. You see, every child of God overcomes the world. Every child of God overcomes the world for our faith. Say our faith. Is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the world conquerors defeating its power? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The saints. Amen. Say, I'm a, I'm a world conqueror. It's because of your faith. It's because of your obedience. 
that we walk in this. See, obedience and faith are what get us through things when we want to fight and we want to struggle. And God says, no, you just obey my commandments. He said, I didn't give you any commandments that were too hard to keep. He didn't. Every commandment he gave you and me were for our own benefit. But it says, don't commit adultery. Man, I sure do like that. She's, she's good looking, but you're married. <laughs> I mean, if I had people stand, hey, many of you committed adultery? And I wouldn't dare ask you to stand up. <laughs> but if you would have seen the, that commandment and you'd understood that commandment and believed that that commandment was for you, and there are consequences when you don't follow the commandments of God. And you just say, you know what? I'm going to go there. That is not for me. I'm a married man. Mm, got quiet in here. <laughs> Sheesh. Better move, Mary Lou, move on. Should I move on? Okay. Okay. You see, when you declare that the Christian life is hard, you're actually going contradicting the Word of God. Hmm. It's true. When you say, well, it's just too hard. I can't do this. How many of you ever did that one time? You got saved and everything came against you and the devil came against you and everybody, your friends left you and everything. And you went, oh, God, this, is, this life is too hard. How many of you said that? Raise your hands. Okay. Okay. So you just contradicted the word of God. See, when you start learning the word of God, you start walking in obedience. You're going you're gonna to change that. It's going to change the way you think. That's why the call talks about having a renewed mind. Okay. So we need to walk in obedience and faith. John 16, 32, Jesus said this, And the time has come when you will all be scattered, and each one of you will go, on, go your own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me. Now look at verse 33. And everything I've taught you, everything I've taught you, so that peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For this, in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. I've experienced sorrow this week. Jesse passed. Billy Norris passing. I had a 24-year-old great-nephew pass this week. Landon, my, my sister, my oldest sister, her, ne her grandson passed this week. 21, just shocked everybody in the family. Went to be with Jesus. And I, I've heard of other. Uh, Jonathan was telling me about the passing. Was it your cousin, Jonathan? passing of his cousin and we have sorrow he said in this world you're gonna have sorrow but how do you get through that how do you get through that Jesus said I have given you victory over these things I've given you victory over these things he's given us so we need to walk in this thing called obedience and faith Lord that God has given us and he's challenged us to live a life that pleases him and when you live a life that pleases him your life will be easier I promise you because the Word of God says it will be. You remember when, when Saul was called and, and he, was, he was, man, he was so, he was, he was so in, angry with Christians. He couldn't believe that Jesus Christ had come and, and he was angry at Christians because he said uh, these Christians have got it all wrong. So he became like a bounty hunter and he would, he would, go, to the, he would go to the high priest and they say, here's some, here's some people. We found out these people are claiming to be Christians. You go get them. You go put them in prison. You go, you get them. Go put them in jail where, where they would ultimately be killed. Do y'all remember that? And so Saul was going on the road to Damascus. He was going the road to Damascus and he was going to go pick up some Christians. He was going to go destroy some lives. And he 
met God on the road. Listen to this in, in Luke 9. This is in verse 3. He says, As see, that was Saul. He journeyed. He came near Damascus. Suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And look at this statement. And some of you won't understand this, but I'm going to explain it. It said, it is hard. Say hard. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now kicking against the goads, that was like if you had uh, two oxen or you had some cattle in front of you and you wanted them to go straight and they wanted to go this way, you had this long stick. Had a long, had a like a hoe, you know, like a, a hoe that you hoe weeds with, and it was, but it had a sharp, had a sharp uh, piece of metal on the end of it, and they would hit, they would hit the animal on the legs to make them go back to the right direction. Some of the parents going, that's not a good idea. I might get one. <laughs> Boy, you better straighten up. I'm gonna go get the goad. <laughs> yes, father. Straighten them up. He said, Paul, or Saul at that time, he said, you've been kicking against them. Guess what? If that's coming in and you're kicking out, oh, that's going to hurt. What he was saying is, you're rebelling. You see, you want to walk the Christian life. You say, I'm a believer. I love Jesus. And everything you do contradicts that. And you want to rebel against his word, rebel against his commandments, rebel against the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It's going to be hard for you. Because you're kicking against the goads. Rebellion is really the opposite of obedience. We like to say disobedience, but rebellion is even a better word. It says, I'm not going to do what Jesus says I'm supposed to do. And you think it's going to be easy for you? It won't be easy for you. Let's move on. Verse uh, John 17. We're getting through these quickly. I have given them your message, Jesus said, and this is why the unbelieving world hates them. He's praying for his disciples. For their allegiance is no longer in this world because, to this world because I am not of this world. I'm not asking you, Father, he's talking to his Father, that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil. See, God's not removing us until we go be with him. We're here. We're in this world, okay? But he says, I'm not going to ask you to remove them, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil. For they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. See, when you get a picture that you don't belong to this world, life will become easier for you. Your word is truth. Say, your word is truth. So make them holy by the truth. Set apart. I've commissioned them to represent to them as a holy sacrifice so they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. The third thing this morning is you need to know the truth. You need to know the truth. It's preached every, every, it's preached every week. Hear from this pulpit, from whoever's filling this pulpit, says you need to know the Word of God. You need to get in the Word of God. You need to have it absorbed. You need to eat. It's like food. Remember when, this, when Jesus was walking with the disciples and he said, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And everybody's like, ah, this is gross. And they walked away. And he looked at his disciples and said, well, do you want to leave too? And they said, no, 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 Lord. Where could we go without you? You have the words of life. Then he said, I'm the bread of life. He said, feed on me. So we got to feed, and, and when you feed on Jesus, you're feeding on the Word of God. It is Jesus Christ. It is the bread of life. It is victorious. It is, it is the, the, the solution to all your problems. It's in the book. He's got it there for you. So we need, but if you don't know the truth, how are you going to walk in the truth? You know, there's an old saying, if you don't know what you stand for, you, there's, no, there's no telling what you'll fall for. Right? 
If you don't really know what you stand for, if you don't really know what you believe, there's no telling what the enemy will present to you, then it'll look like truth, but it'll be a lie. It may be mixed some. You see, that's what's happening in a lot of the church today across the world. There's a mixing taking place. There's a new age that is coming to the church. And people don't know, oh, that sounds good, but it's not good because it's not the truth. You mix a little bit of lie with some truth, guess what it becomes? A lie. And it's real popular today. So you've got to be really careful. You've got to know the Word of God. People come to your door. Let me tell you about my religion. And if you don't know what you really believe, they can convince you because they've sent some people there that have been trained well. And they know how to get around every little excuse that you might have, every little word you might have. But you need to stand up and say, no, I'm, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He died for me. He was buried. He rose from the th on the third day. He is my Savior. He's ascended to the Father. He is. He sent His Holy Spirit to fill me up. So don't try to bring any of that crap into me, into my life. Now, use crap. I'm sorry. I apologize. But that's what it is. Poop. They'll try to bring poop. It's a better word, huh? Take it easy. <laughs> if you know what the Bible says about how we're supposed to walk, get this, walk out this life, you'll struggle. You really will struggle. You know, many Christians talk more to the devil than they do to talk to God. I see it on Facebook. Devil this, devil that, Satan this. Thing. You know, Satan, he, Satan actually is probably not hanging out around your house. He's probably not in San Angelo, Texas. So he's probably not hearing you because he lives probably in the Middle East or in Washington, D.C. or Hollywood. <laughs> I'm serious. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipresent. So when you say, well, Satan, I bind, you can't bind Satan. I know people, oh, I can bind Satan. Well, if you can bind Satan, why didn't Jesus bind Satan? God said, he's got free reign on the earth. Uh-oh, he's meddling now. He allowed him to, doesn't he walk the earth to and fro looking for somebody whom he may devour? True? Is that the word? Okay. Start praising God more than you start talking. Start talking to God more than you start to Satan. Okay? And it may take you a while to get that and figure that out. But hey, I, God, you know, he says, praise me. Worship me. You want to get to the right place and walk out this life, this Christian life with ease or more ease? Then you need to start praising God and quit talking to the enemy. James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God. And listen how simple this sounds. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from, flee from you. Then say, submit to God and devil. Oh man, me, he moves fast. Then say that. It says, submit to God. And a lot of people go, they just quote that verse and they forget the submit to God part. They'd rather just fight the devil. And he says, submit to God. Submit to God. Submit to God first. You know, the only fight we're told to fight in the Bible, you want to know what it is? Fight the good fight of faith. There's no other fight. You know, even after you put the armor of God on, Ephesians 6, everybody likes that. The warrior people are like, ooh, I'm putting my armor on. Ooh, I'm going to, you know, so I'm ready. And he says, no, you put the armor on, then you stand. You stand. You just put the armor on. He covers you. You worship him. Okay, James 1, verse 2. Moving right along. We're about, yeah, we're good. He says this, my fellow believers, when it, Seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties. Does that sound like most of us? 
See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being till there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. Fourth thing I think you need to see this morning is your attitude. Attitude. Say attitude. attitude. If you have, do you have an attitude of gratitude or are you one of those people that complains and whines about everything? Hmm? The Philippians 2.14 says, Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. Anybody know people that just complain about everything? Nothing, nothing is good enough for them. Everything they see, they can talk negative about it. Man, you know what you need to do unless you're married to them? You need to run. Just get away from them. Because that will affect the way you think. If you just hang around the, with the wrong crowd, and they're going to tell you all these negative things, you'll start thinking like that. And if you're married, you need to start encouraging one another to watch what you're saying. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Like right now. Proverbs 18, 21. Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life and the talkative person will reap the consequences. Now that can be a good or bad consequences. If you're talking the right thing or the negative thing, you're going to have consequences from either one. You're going to speak life, you're going to speak death. He didn't say there was a gray area there. He didn't say there was a middle ground. He said you're going to speak life or death. Death or life or in the power of the tongue. Okay? So if, if, you, if your attitude is always whining and complaining, you're going to struggle with your Christian walk. If everything you see, you don't see it as a teachable moment, you don't see the Word of God speaking, you don't listen to the Word, you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, and you just go through things in your flesh, say flesh, you're just going through things in your flesh, you're going to start being angry, you will be critical, you will be rude, you will be bitter. All these things will creep in and you'll go, oh man, this Christian life is so hard. And God's going, oh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Hook up with me, I will show you how to walk this life out. With joy. <laughs> you know, the word joy is in the Bible a lot. A lot. So what are you speaking every day about your circumstances? What are you speaking about your health? What are you speaking about your finances? What's your attitude concerning all these things? Because God wants to get in the, involved in your attitude. That you'll have an attitude of gratitude. 1 Peter 4, 12 says, Beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult with many tests, don't be bewildered as though something strange or overwhelming you. I mean, it's all here. He just tells us over and over, there will be troubles. Take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, continue, say continue to rejoice. Continue. For you in a measure have shared in the sufferings of the anointed one so that you can share in the revelation of his glory and celebrate with, e with even greater gladness. You know, Paul was saying, listen, if I suffer, I want to suffer for the cause of Christ. I'm going to suffer for the world. I'm not going to suffer for the world of uh, me trying to get something that I, didn't, I shouldn't have had in the first place. And see, that's what we do. We try to walk in the world. We try to walk in our faith. We try to walk in the spirit. We try to walk in the flesh. It doesn't work that way. If you're trying to do that, guys, it'll be trouble for you. There will be hardships for you. Because you're, you're, you've got a divided mind. You're not going to receive anything if you're a double-minded person. That's what, that's what it is if you're, if you're walking in this and walking in that, trying to please God and trying to please yourself. 2 Timothy 1, moving right along. And he, verse 11, I'm sorry. And this is from the Passion. And he, Jesus, has appointed me as his preacher, his apostle, and his teacher of truth to the nations. Y'all see the fivefold working right there in one, in one, one person you see 
preacher, an apostle, and teacher. Three, you can, three can work in one person. Actually, all five can. He says, the confidence of my calling. Say, the confidence of my calling. Enables me to overcome what? How many difficulties? Every difficulty without shame. For I have an intimate revelation of God and my faith in him convinces me that he's more than able to keep all that I've placed in his hands safe and secure until the fullness of his appearing. I love that verse. Because he says, I'm confident of who I am in Christ. See, that's why we teach identity all the time here. Your identity in Christ. Your identity is not your job. Your identity is not your education. Your identity is not your salary. Your identity is not your family. Your identity should be in Jesus Christ. When you understand who you are and that he's called you and he has chosen you, then you'll walk out your calling with much more ease if in, than if you don't know who you are or what you're here for. He's given you a purpose. If you haven't figured out your purpose yet, just say this. Know this. Your first purpose and foremost purpose is worship God. That's why he created us. Third of the angels left. He said, I got to replace those angels. I'm going to create some human beings to, to worship me. And if we don't worship him, he said, the rocks will. I suggest that we worship him. So the fifth thing is to know your calling. I mean, I'm not going to spend any more time there because last week the whole message was pretty much what worthy of the calling for which you were called. Okay? You can go back and read that in Ephesians 4. Now move on to 2 Corinthians 4. Did you have fun putting all these scriptures in last, yesterday? Yes, good. You get to read a lot of the word, don't you? Okay. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate you guys. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. We view, say view, our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties, say difficulties, as a substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Sixth thing you need to see this morning is your viewpoint. Our viewpoint. How do you see things? It has a lot, it's kind of like attitude, but... This is more of a, how, how do you view things in your life? He's, look what he says. We view things, he said, in light of eternity. This may be the most important point of the whole message this morning. If we would start viewing things, our lives, in light of eternity. We tend to view things in light of today, this week, this month, this season of our life, don't we? We tend to view things that way. And he said, I want you to view things in light of eternity because how many of you know when you're younger, you feel like you're, what's that old saying? You're 10 foot tall and bulletproof? Yeah? How many of you are under 30 in here? Stand up. If you're under 30, Jimmy, don't. Robert, quit that. If you're under 30, stand up. No, no, he isn't done yet. Reggie, Reggie, I've been up too long now. <laughs> CJ, where are you at in that scheme of things? Like you're 40? No, what? Why are you standing? Why aren't you standing? Oh, you're stretching. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do that later with the older people. Y'all can get up and stretch now. Oh, ooh. <laughs> See, when you're this age, you think, man, you got the world by the tail. You don't think about getting sick. You don't think about anything. But man, I got the world by the tail because I'm young. I'm going to go for whatever I want to go for. You can sit down now. So you don't, most of you are not viewing things. You're not viewing your life in the light of eternity. Right? 
And, and if I went on 20 and under and all that, you would think, well, you know, you're right, Pastor. But when you get my age, and you start doing funeral after funeral after funeral, or people that are actually younger than you, you start thinking a little differently. You start thinking in light of eternity, or you should. But I'm going to suggest to you, whatever age you are this morning here, you need to start looking at life in view of eternity. Because your life, the Bible says, is like a vapor. Here and gone. Billy Norris, 93. Her life was a vapor in light of eternity. Right? Light of eternity. So what are you going to do with this vapor? This vapor in light of eternity. This vapor is all you got right now. Right? It's all you got right now. So what are you living for? What, what tripped your trigger? What floats your boat? Is it, is it your love, your passion for Jesus Christ? Or is it, man, I just got to get this job. I got to buy that house. I need that car. I want to get that woman. I want to get that guy, whatever it is. You're going after the things of the world. And that, that's nothing wrong with that. But is God first in that, in that picture? Because he's the one that controls eternity. Your banker doesn't. The house owner doesn't. Your best friends don't. It's God that controls eternity. So he's asking you, if you want to walk this life in ease, walk it in view of eternity. Then the things of this earth will start growing strangely dim. And you'll start seeing that there are more important things in your life than what you think is important today. And you'll start living differently. You'll start understanding differently. You'll start viewing things differently in your life. You will think, I've got to have this. I've got to have that. I don't need to have this next hit. To survive. No, God says, no, that's, that's, that's temporary. He says that there's so, so many things in our life that everything, pretty much everything is temporary but your faith. So we have to live this life out in view, having a viewpoint that Jesus Christ is everything. That's why Paul said in Philippians 1.21, for to me, to live, is, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Billy Norris, gain. Jesse Machado, gain. Paul Sanders, gain. Carol Hill, gain. Chloe Hill, gain. All these people that we've seen go to be with Jesus, gain. Now they're living eternity because they surrendered their life during the vapor. During this period of time, they surrendered their life to Christ. And they weren't perfect, but now they perf they're perfected now. It matters, guys. It matters how you view your life as to how you're going to walk through this life. If you're going to walk through it hard, struggles, all that, pain, or are you going to walk through it with joy and victory? Isn't it amazing? We, we watched the video of a man that's in heaven, and we, we're, yeah! He died, yeah! Nobody else can do that. We don't cheer when somebody goes to hell. I hope you don't. But we can cheer. I mean, the angels rejoice when one sinner repents. I think in heaven it's a lot like that. Like, oh, Jesse's about to get here. I say, Billy, Billy and Jesse, well, you got them scheduled for the same day? Yeah. <laughs> They're here. Woohoo. Come on. Everybody come. Shh. They're here. That's eternity. We view so, we, we just, we live life like it's just right here. That's, just, that's it. Better move on. Acts 1.24, i got one, one more verse to validate that. Paul was going through all kinds of trials and tribulations, and he said this, but none of these things, all the trials and tri tribulations, move me. 
See, we get moved so many times by trials and tribulations. He said, none of these things move me. Here's the reason. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. He just didn't. He said, man, this is temporary. Got some aches and pains? Temporary. So that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel and the grace of God. I don't know if you can... I don't know if you can finish your race with joy if everything in your life you looked at it like, man, that was horrible, that was bad, I couldn't believe that happened. And you're looking back, there's not a whole lot of joy in that. But when you look back and go, wow, that was, man, God showed up there in the midst of the flood. God showed up there when the, when the ship was sinking. God shows up there. He showed up there when they beat me and drug me out to the dump and left me for dead. God showed up. See, he shows up. How's your viewpoint? How do you view God? Do you walk by faith or do you walk by sight? Do you walk by what you see going on around, around you or do you walk in by faith? And the last point. Go to Luke 6, verse 37. Oh, excuse me. I've got to get my Fuji water. Fiji, I know. And I want you to know this is not an all-inclusive list. Okay, I just want to tell you that. I could stay up here all day. Luke 6, 37. This is from the message. I love how it says this. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness, that hardness can boomerang. Woohoo! Be easy on people. And you'll find, a lot, you'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. You'll find life given back, but not merely given back. Given back with bonuses and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Gener- is the way generosity begets generosity. Seventh point is two points: forgive and give. The New King James says, "Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Given, it will be given to you." If you want to walk out this Christian life with more ease than hardness, I'm telling you, you're going to have to walk in forgiveness. If you want the Christian life to be hard, walk in unforgiveness. Walk in bitterness. Walk in, if you want the Christian life to be hard, be critical of people. Judge people all day long. I know Christians that do that. I was brought up doing that. Critical spirit, judgmental. Well, I saw them. They're sure not going to heaven. I saw them in the bar. They're not going. You know, you sit there and pick on people and criticize people instead of praying for them and loving them, forgiving them. Some of you have people that have hurt you in your life. They've been hurt you horribly. Some of you, and I know some of you need to go through deliverance for that, and, and that's, that's great. God didn't want you to carry that anymore. But the, the thing is, you've got to forgive them. They're going to tell you that. Pam and Betty are going to tell you that. Sandra's going to tell you that. Mary Lou's going to everybody, all of our pastors it. Probably everybody in here is going to tell you that. If you go and get some counsel, and they, they say, well, what, what, this person hurt me. What, have you forgiven them? Uh, no. <laughs> Are you kidding? Well, if you want to hold on to that, Christian life's going to be hard because the way you have not forgiven, people won't forgive you either. You'll find it. You're going to reap what you sow. And the same goes for giving. Are you a giving person? If people described you, would they say, man, he's a giving person. She's a giving person. I'm not talking about money. It could be money, but it could just be your time. It could just be a prayer. It could just be 
spending some time with somebody and, and sharing with somebody, giving them your testimony instead of rushing on through, leaving them behind. And then you wonder, why, why is life so hard? Why is, why is the Christian life so hard? Because God says it should be easy. God wants you to forgive just the way he forgave you. He wants you to encourage, he wants you to be an encourager just the way he encourages us. He wants you to give the way he gave and he gave the best and he continues to give. Would you stand this morning and have the ministry team come? I want to read that opening scripture. It's not going to be on the screen because I've changed it to personalize it. <clears throat> so I want you really to listen. And I really want you to be honest. I'm going to wait till people quit moving around. You got a helper, John? Bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to ask you some questions. Are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden this morning? Come to Jesus. He will refresh your life. For He is your oasis. And you know what an oasis is like when you're you just want to drop a water on your tongue and you, you see an oasis and you crawl through that hot sand and you're weary and you're tired and you just want to get your hands in that cool water. He says, I'm your, your oasis. He says this, simply join your life to His. Have you joined your life to Christ? If you haven't, man, you need to today. You need to surrender your life to Him. He said, learn His ways and you'll discover that he, Jesus, is gentle, humble, and easy to please. He's not some big, mean God in the sky who's ready to strike you down or throw a lightning bolt at you. Let me read that again. It says, Learn his ways and you'll discover that he is gentle, humble, and easy to please. You will find refreshment in him. And some of you this morning, you are exhausted. You're exhausted of just trying to walk out the Christian life and you said it is so hard, Pastor, I don't know if I can do this another day. He says if you will come to Him, you will find refreshment and rest in Him. For all that He requires of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. So, Father, this morning, if there's any that have never joined their life to yours, may this be their day of surrender to you, that they would join their life to you and begin this incredible walk we call the Christian walk. Help them to know this morning, right now, that they've been chosen, they've been called by you. Out of the darkness into the light. And, Father, there's probably many here this morning that are just tired and weary 
May they come to you for a drink of water today to rest in you, find a rest in you, rejuvenation, refreshment, to leave this place with an incredibly awesome attitude that you make life worth living. And you said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Whatever the needs are this morning, Father, may people just receive what you have for them. In Jesus' name.